you're listening to Java with Jen with your host, Jenilee Samuel. Hey, 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 friends. It's Jen over here at Java with Jen. And I'm excited to take some time to share my heart with you today. The Lord's really been working on me about the importance of making sure that I'm sharing my heart with y'all and not just getting swept up in the beauty and wonder of (laughs) the wisdom of all of my wonderful guests that I've had on my show. I will still be having guests because I just feel like we are richer when we draw from the many. Um, But I do want to make sure that I'm still taking the opportunity to stay true to why I even started this podcast and continue to speak into the lives of um, many of the women that have come through my life and just share the things that the Lord has shared with me um, in hopes that they'll encourage you and help you over maybe some hurdles that you're walking through too. We need each other, right? So something I wanted to share with you all today about is how many of you, like myself, have found yourself in the middle of raising young little ones, chasing toddlers, cleaning the house, tending to cooking and caring for a husband, or maybe you're a single mom and you're working, trying to make ends meet, and you found yourself just plain missing your time with the Lord like you used to know it. You know those days when you could have two-hour quiet times if you felt like it, when you were single or in college, and and maybe that was never a part of your life, but there is no way getting around that having kids changes the way you can use your time. And if you used to enjoy some really rich, isolated times with the Lord, having kids can really shake that up. I remember I would I would close my eyes and get lost in worship for hours, get lost in the Word, hearing His voice, and it it just was so, um, it was central and core to my functionality. <laughs> and then I became a mama and nobody, nobody thought to tell me how, how being a mama would change my personal, quiet, private life, you know? And my quiet times became when my kids were little, far from daily, as I would have defined it before, like where you get away and you're alone and quiet. They became far from interrupted, far from two hours long, and just plain not like it was before. When I first had children, just one, it was it was easy. Judah was an easy baby, and I still got lots of time with the Lord because nap time um, was easy to take that as time with the Lord. But when I had my second kiddo, life changed. It shifted gears. And I really wrestled with condemnation, guilt, sadness, even a sense of loss and frustration over my struggles to find time with the Lord. I would constantly hear zealous phrases that I've heard at church in the past whispering, if you really want it bad enough, you'll do what it takes to get alone with Him. Side note, most of the people making those comments are well-meaning men or single women who've never been in our shoes, have never raised babies. And I would also have these guilt trips of, well, I bet so-and-so still has awesome times with the Lord. Even still, those old voices of comparison and guilt would sneak up and rob me of what meager times I might squeeze in with the Lord. And so in an attempt to remedy the feelings of guilt, I would just do what it takes and I would try to meet with Him. And wouldn't you know, those early mornings when I'd wake up to have a quiet time, those late nights I would stay up, or those nap times I'd set aside, those would be the times that the boys conveniently woke up early, stayed up late, or struggled to take a nap. 
And I ended up more frustrated and sometimes honestly resentful at my own children for, quote, stealing my relationship with the Lord from me. I was, I was really needing to work this out. This was a struggle and nobody was talking about it. So a couple weeks um, after this, I kind of hit like a climactic moment of discouragement. Uh, I had the privilege, thank you to my generous husband, at the, uh, for, not at the, t- <laughs> at the time, I've only had one husband, um, but at the time he was very generous with me and made a way for me to take a trip with some of our college students instead of him going to a Hillsong concert in Houston. And while I was there, the room was dark. The music was so loud, like you couldn't hear the person next to you. Um, But somehow it felt quiet in my heart because nobody was pulling on me. Nobody was asking for juice or crying or having a dirty diaper or fussing. And the worship was so sweet. And so I just sat down and I enjoyed being still and quiet with the Lord. And I found myself, as I have so many other times, approaching him immediately with my list of I'm sorry's. I'm sorry I haven't had time with you like I want. I'm sorry I haven't made time for you. I'm sorry I haven't woken up early. I'm sorry I haven't stayed up late to pray, to read your word. And the list went on. Except these weren't actually apologies led by the Holy Spirit's conviction. They were apologies, sincere ones, that came more out of guilt and just a feeling of insufficiency, almost like I was afraid the Lord was going to give up on me because I just wasn't quite hacking it. And then the Lord, in his kind way, interrupted me, interrupted my thoughts. And he said, gently stop. Baby, stop apologizing. I see your life. Just take the moments of love when they're available. Seize the moments of love when you can and enjoy it. Just enjoy me. I began to explain myself still feeling like somehow that was unfair to him, given my obvious lack of devotion by my lack of discipline quiet times. And he went on in his wisdom. And maybe the Lord would say this to you. Baby, I want you to think of my servant, David. He's the only man in the word acclaimed to have a heart after mine. The only man that I said that about in scripture. And often the picture is of him having these ethereal, blissful, spiritual moments in the quiet fields with no one to interrupt him. But look closer. He was a shepherd, as you are. He shepherded sheep, and you shepherd your children. He might have wanted to close his eyes and get lost in hours of blissful worship, as you do too. But he could not afford that. He had many little sheep that needed constant attention. He had to bring them to water, bring them to food, keep them corralled, chase them down when they wandered, keep a constant eye out for wolves, bears, lions, and then he had to kill the beasts when they challenged the safety of his lambs, much like you do. You have to feed and nurture your children. You have to keep them in safe spaces. You have to watch them constantly that the enemy is not attempting to prey on them. And then you must stand up against the enemy when he dares to touch your child. You must constantly be alert as a shepherd day and night. There are moments of quiet, but even in these moments of quiet, you're watching, you're listening, you're caring, just like my servant David. Yet, even with those demands, he took the moments of love. He sang while he watched. He listened to my voice while he scanned the herd for wandering sheep. 
He drew on my strength and on my wisdom when he fought the beasts. He grew to know me, though his times with me did not look much like what you used to experience or what he experienced in his own younger days. But he knew me and sought my heart, even amidst all the demands, all the distractions, all the watching and tending. And though shepherding was a very simple job to the outside eye, I saw what it created inside of him, and I saw him worthy to be established as a king. You'll shepherd your children for many, many years, and it may feel somewhat aimless at times, like you're walking in circles, like you're giving up much of your greatest potential or your prime years in order to wipe noses and scrub behind ears, and it may feel like there's greatness inside of you lying there waiting and untapped. Yet, at the right moment, those years of faithfulness, commitment, and fierce care are laying the very foundation for you to step into your kingship seasons that you know are inside of you. When you feel your parenthood is an obstacle, the menial tasks of raising children is pointless, remember that my servant David was faithful, and I want you to continue on in your faithfulness. Encourage that it's not a waste. It is not fruitless. It is not wasting an ounce of what I've placed in you. The greatest king of Israel spent the majority of his young life raising sheep. And yet, he made the greatest king of Israel because he seized the moments of love when they were available and allowed me to build him into a king. Don't apologize. Just seize the love when you can and enjoy me when you can throughout the day as you're going. When your mind wanders, let it wander to me and realize that this season of your life is bearing more fruit in you than most would ever see or appreciate. But I see and I know and I love it. Thank you for shepherding my children to love me. Thank you for doing the great work that many may feel is insignificant. This great work will raise your children into great people, great leaders, who will also leave a legacy for me. Your faithfulness is your greatness. You guys, did you hear that last sentence? Your faithfulness is your greatness. The kingdom of God is so different than the kingdom of the earth. The kingdom of the earth, we look at the outside, we look for instant gratification, and in the kingdom of God, He looks for faithfulness because God knows that the life of a seed grows under the ground before it ever comes above the surface. God knows that there's a lifespan to things. God knows that the things you deposit into your children, they take time to grow and to nurture. And while you're nurturing them, God is nurturing His character into you. Ladies, you are not missing out on time with the Lord. Instead, as you read the scripture to your children, let that scripture minister to you. When you pray with them at nighttime, let those prayers be moments to connect with the Father. Your genuine love for Him throughout the day will transfer to your children. They will see that love. They will feel the way you draw on the Lord in all the tiny moments. And I believe that's so important for them to see and feel and experience when they're around you because 
as by default, they're going to be growing up in an environment of the presence of the Lord. Because as you're constantly turning your mind to the Lord, singing to the Lord, thinking on the Lord, talking about scripture, you create and you nurture an environment of his presence. And your kids are growing up in that environment. And so having little ones isn't that you don't get quiet times anymore. It's just that your quiet times take a different shape. Instead of being isolated into this little block of time, now you actually get the richness of not not now like you couldn't do it before, but the demands of your life kind of create a different environment for your quiet time where it's something you can enjoy all throughout the day. There's a scripture in the Old Testament that says that the Lord gently leads those who are with young. And I think that's because the Lord knows we're always just a stitch away from losing our minds, (laughs) losing our cool. He's like, let me be gentle with you. But it's also because he wants us to be gentle with our young. And the Lord understands. And you guys, the way you serve your children and minister to your children, you are building great destinies inside of them. And it's so easy to lose sight of that in the midst of it. Think about, I heard this analogy recently of a great cathedral And so many hands play a part in building these great cathedrals, like the kind in Europe that if you've ever visited European nations, they have these amazing cathedrals and they have stained glass windows and they have intricate carvings on the walls and and, and they have paintings on the ceilings and and even the floors are real real detailed. And, And you think about all the pieces that had to come together to create this masterpiece of a building. And and you almost never hear who who built the cathedral. Why? Because it was built by a collection of people. And yet, every single person that contributed, they won't have the satisfaction of people seeing what they've done, but they will have the satisfaction that God sees what they do. And whatever you do that man does not acknowledge, God will acknowledge. Whatever you do that you don't receive praise for on this earth, you will receive praise from the Father in heaven. And so embrace those hidden moments. Embrace the season where you might feel like you're behind closed doors and you're just trying to find purpose for your day. My kids are a little bit older now where they're between 7 and 12 and and I think back on those little tiny years and and I remember feeling like I was living most days for nap time and bedtime and just trying to survive. <laughs> but at the same time I also did like utilize creativity and try to create moments for the kids where we could, you know, do crafts. It was kind of almost a survival mechanism like how can I keep them entertained so we don't lose our minds? But at the same time, those little desperate measures actually became the memories that they have now that they look back on when they look at pictures. And they're like, Mom, remember when we did this or we painted with that or we created that big blob in the backyard that we jumped on all day? And those became their childhood memories. And so embrace the season that you're in. You're not missing out on your time with the Lord. Just seize those moments. Um, one thing that I did that really ministered to me, actually, it surprised me, the entrance of the word brings faith. And and it doesn't matter if you're reading a whole chapter or if you're just meditating on one scripture. The word going in will bring life to your spirit. And, uh, and so what I used to do is at, I think, lunchtime, when my kids were eating, I'd stand at the table with them or sit at the table, and we would work on passages that we were memorizing. 
So my two-year-old, I used scripture to help develop their speech, and I would have them memorize words, and it would help them learn to articulate challenging phrases. And so my two-year-old, by the time he turned three, he had memorized the entire chapter of Psalms 91. And it wasn't this big task. It just every day at lunchtime, at naptime, and at bedtime, I would I would have them work on a phrase like, um, uh, he who hides in the shadow of the Almighty, well, <laughs> shoot, <laughs> I had it memorized. I don't remember it now. Um, but I would take a little phrase, the shadow of the Almighty is my son. He would say, let's pray shadow Almighty. And I would just take one little phrase at a time, and they would repeat it at lunch. And then we'd repeat it for a couple days until they had it, no problem, and we would add a phrase to it. And then, you know, we would repeat both phrases, and we would—so it just kind of added to itself. And he's very disciplined, and so every time it was nap time or bedtime, he'd be like, pray Shadow Almighty. So we'd go through it, and, you know, as we learned 9, 10, 11 verses, it would take a while to get through it. And there'd be sometimes I'd try to skip ahead and be like, oh my gosh, can we go to sleep already? And, um, and he would catch me. He'd be like, no, 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 you missed it. It's wrong. And he would correct me. And so I just loved getting the word in him. But it amazed me how much the repetition and the meditation of that passage got into my heart and how much the Lord would bring that to my mind throughout the day or how many opportunities I'd have to use those scriptures to build my faith or build myself in the Lord throughout the day. And it was just it's just simple, and I would I would talk to the Lord while I was sweeping. In fact, the boys would ask me when I was vacuuming. They'd be like, Mom, who are you talking to? And I was like, oh, sorry. I didn't realize I was talking out loud. I'm talking to Jesus. And I'd talk to the Lord while I was doing dishes, and He would speak to me. And, and I, I continued to really grow in the Lord. And so I just, I guess what my goal is today is I want to just break off any like religious or traditional thinking that would rob you of those little moments. Religious thinking is thinking that causes us to walk in condemnation and guilt and tells us that what we're doing just isn't quite enough. And honestly, friend, love is love. God receives any measure of love that we offer to Him. He does want our whole hearts, but He's not picky and demanding. If you come to Him in love, He will draw near to you. It doesn't matter if it's for five seconds or five hours. Like He will draw near to you. So offer to Him the love in those moments, little momentary sacrifices, little momentary offerings, and your relationship with Him will really grow and really be nurtured, and you can enjoy it in the freedom of not feeling guilty. So I just hope that this freed you a little bit and It gives you some perspective for those moments that we can easily overlook, but yet are so valuable to the Lord and are essential to the environment that your kids are growing up in. So take heart, Mama. Those moments are seen. Everything that you're doing is valued by the Lord. So thank you for shepherding your children. Your faithfulness is your greatness. Have an awesome week. All right, so for today's life hack, I'm going to leave you with something simple, and yet, girls, it works so good. Have you ever wanted to just make your face glow and just give it a fresh look, like maybe it's starting to look a little dull or a little dry or whatever? Okay, so I have the best routine for you, and it is stuff you can find in your kitchen for the most part. If you are a nursing mama, 
then you're even at an advantage above the rest of us. Um, So what you're going to want to do is take a cotton pad and soak it with lemon juice. Lemon juice, you can just get at the fridge or get at the grocery store. You can squeeze a lemon on it and then put some baking soda piled up on top of it. Yes, it'll sizzle a little bit, but not bad. Um, Get your face washed off, nice and washed off, and use warm water to open your pores. Then take that cotton pad with that baking soda and scrub, scrub, scrub your face in circular motions. Be gentle. Don't be too aggressive with your face. It Be kind to your skin. But do this until you feel like you've successfully really polished and exfoliated your entire face. Then you rinse it all off with warm water. And then take a mask, which... This is the recipe ingredients for the mask. You probably want to create the mask ahead of time. But you mix avocado, coconut oil, just do like equal parts or whatever, avocado, coconut oil, and breast milk if you have it. If you don't have breast milk, maybe try honey. Um, And then you mix it all up. Breast milk, I'm telling you, is the magic key ingredient. I'm just saying. If you have breast milk or you can get a hold of some, use the breast milk. And then mash it all up so it's like a paste and then stick it on your face. Now, what I like to do is if you rub it in, you can't sleep in it if you have honey in it. But what I would do is I used to rub it in real thin and just like rub it real good into my skin and I would sleep in it after it dried. I would just sleep like that and then wash it off in the morning. Hey, the longer the better. Um, But I'd say go at least 20 or 30 minutes with the mask on your face. If it's got honey in it, yeah, you're going to want to wash it off. And then wash it off and then go to sleep. In the morning, trust me, you are going to be so stunned. The lemon juice um, brightens your skin and helps even skin tone. The, and I think it helps shrink your pores. The baking soda exfoliates off all the dead skin and it brings out this beautiful, youthful glow to your skin. It is amazing. In fact, you can use baking soda to clean your bathroom sinks. It cleans all kinds of things. It's wonderful. So, and it alkalizes too, which I think also helps um, get rid of any redness or swollenness in your face. And then the avocado is just rich in fatty acids and wonderful things to feed your skin. Same with the coconut oil. Coconut oil is also anti-inflammatory, antiviral, antibacterial. So it really like helps to balance your skin. I notice that redness starts to go away when I put coconut oil on my face. If you're allergic to coconuts, you probably don't want to use coconut oil. Use grapeseed oil or jojoba oil if you need to. Um, the the babe the breast milk though this is the magical key ingredient breast milk is like super it's your superpower if you've ever made breast milk it is your superpower it kills cancer cells making breast milk burns tons of calories man has not found a way to duplicate the quality of breast milk so sticking it on your face with all these healing properties is just going to give you the facial of the century. So put that on your face. If you don't have breast milk, use honey. Honey is also brightening and toning. And um, so just putting all those things together, I mean, it's stuff in your kitchen. It's not going to cost you a fortune and you're going to look amazing. So that's your life hack for today. If you try it, let me know. And I want to know how you feel and how your face looks. Here's a funny story. When I did this once, we had a girls' little get-together, a bunch of us young moms. We used to have like a monthly mom's coffee after the kids went to bed. We'd all go to someone's house, and we'd stay up till like 2 in the morning on a Friday. It was awesome. Um, and so I asked for a volunteer and had her do this routine, not telling her the special ingredients of the mask until after she had washed it off. And she was cool about it. She was like, oh, that's hilarious. I had your boob juice on my face. And um, anyway, so the next day, 
I was like, now wait for it. You got to sleep in the morning. Your skin will be really different. And so sure enough, in the morning, she was like, my skin looks amazing. And she went to church and she even had people complimenting her skin the next day. It was that noticeably different. So um, it really works. So you're welcome in advance. Share the love with other people. Also, if you have a baby with baby acne, the mask helps to dry up baby acne. That's where I learned it in the first place. If you have an infant going through the baby acne thing, avocado, coconut oil, breast milk, smear it all over their face, everywhere they have acne, do it for a couple days. It dries that stuff up super fast and heals their skin. So you are welcome. I love you guys. Let me know if you use that and you guys have a wonderful week. Talk to you later. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. For those of you who've rated or shared this podcast on social media, thank you. It really means a lot to me. And don't forget, you can always email me with questions or comments at javawithjenpodcast at gmail.com. And for links or show notes, just go visit my blog at jennaleesamuel.wordpress.com. Until next time, you've got this and God's got you.